There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Wednesday, the 4th of January 2017 and a happy new year to everybody out there as well. Coming up on this week's show, Jens Lehmann chats to us about all things goalkeeping. We celebrate another Arsenal hat-trick from the brilliant Ian Wright. Adrian Clark is back in his rightful place on the chalkboard. We kick off by looking back at the weekend's action with our Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal Insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, Jim Campbell from the Football Ramble is our Arsenal insider this week. And before we talk to Jim, only one place to start. That goal. Yes, that goal from Olivier Giroud. Looks like we've got just a very brief smattering of snow coming down as Palace look to come forward. This is Flamini towards Zaha. It's a good interception from Lucas Perez. Bay it in. Giroud's touch is delightful. Xhaka plays it forward. Iwobi has it now. Alexis calling for it left-hand side. Here is Alexis. Angle of the box looks to curl it towards Giroud. Oh! Oh! That's sensational! Olivier Giroud has opened the scoring and that is something special from the French striker. From the heel of the boot over his head, off the underside of the bar and in. That is unbelievable. I apologise if anything came out of my mouth then. I was trying to say French fries and I think I said something else. What a goal. How he was pulled that in from over his head. That is fantastic. I I don't even know what to call this, Dan. The the build-up... The build-up was lovely, it was sharp, it was sweet, and Alexis, what a decision here. Cuts back inside. Oh, oh, that's just, just unbelievable. That's, that, that's like an overhead kick unbelievable. double because he's done it with the back of his heel. It's the back of the heel. If you've seen the Henrik Mkhitaryan goal yes. that Manchester United yeah. scored, A, this one is better, and oh. B, this one is onside. He's watching it all the way. It's that, sensational. That's the goal of the season. That is an unbelievable... Look, he's just watching it. The heel connects perfectly underside of the bar down unbelievable Hennessy no chance with that oh the scorpion kick I will never get bored of hearing that seeing that it was a few days ago but Jim we've got to start there amazing it was beautiful wasn't it I think Ian Wright said it was the best goal that any Arsenal player has ever scored and I mean obviously Wright is just giddy um, how brilliant it was at the time but it's in the conversation isn't it it was just phenomenal how can a person even do that 
I think what I love about it so much is that something that gets overlooked about Giroud quite a lot is, is his flicks and he, it, the little tricks he actually pulls off within his build-up play quite a bit. I remember that brilliant goal Jack Wilshere scored against Norwich. Um, he had a, a, a flick in there. And to, to see him actually score a goal with one, when most people don't even realise he does them, is like a brilliant vindication of what a great player he is. He's you know harshly treated in the press sometimes. And uh, it, it, was, it was just a beautiful moment as well. The look on his face. I think you're spot on there that he can be maligned and at times there's some fair criticism in there. But you look at since he's come back into the team or in one case off the bench, he's been scoring some very, very important goals. Absolutely. And he is a player who's prone to um, prone to maybe looking a little bit sulky. Perhaps it's because he, he looks like such an existential um, French um almost a fictional character but um, he has just got his head down um, and, and decided that you know if he's going to force his way back into the team ahead of Sanchez who's playing so well in that role uh, then he's going to have to contribute and he did that brilliantly against Crystal Palace and also completely you know turned the game against Bournemouth as well so we need a fully firing Olivier Giroud and a fully firing Alexis Sanchez if we're going to um, you know if we're going to do anything this season so um, it, it's a huge positive that he's had such a sort of landmark moment to sort of kickstart his confidence because you know, sometimes he does sort of suffer from a lack of that. And, you know, if you score a goal like that and you're going to be on top of the world. I won't use the term undroppable because with squad rotation in different competitions, almost nobody is that. But how much has he forced himself back into Arsene Wenger's first 11 plans for the foreseeable future? It's a difficult one to say, isn't it? Because Sanchez as a striker is working so, so well. The, it, it clearly seems to be Wenger's preferred choice, but you know, at the same time, we need to have we need to have a different plan, a different way of playing. Like a lot of people always seem to think that Giroud up front was almost like starting with a plan B rather than having a coherent plan A. Um, so I I wouldn't be surprised if Giroud does go back out of the team at some point. But on his current form, it's so good that um, I don't think that's going to be. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to be a decision that's taken lightly or simply for the sake of rotation. I think Giroud's going to be in there for a good while. Because, you know, what more can he do to earn it? Scoring a goal like that and then assisting two and, and, and getting the equaliser against Bournemouth. Is, yeah, he's, he absolutely deserves his place at the moment. We'll talk about Bournemouth in just a moment. Let's continue to react to that Giroud goal. Here is the French striker himself on what he pulled off. Well, Bonanier, Happy New Year. What a way to start. Is that the, is that the best goal you've ever scored? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, it's not difficult to say that uh, it was the best one because uh, uh, I think uh, I needed uh, the God's uh, help uh, to score the, um, the, this goal. So yeah, thanks God, it was a. Uh, I was a bit lucky, but uh, it was the only thing I could do, you know. And was uh, the, the ball was behind me, and I tried to to hit it from uh, back heel, and obviously after it was all about luck. Did you see the Mkhitaryan goal for <laughs> Manchester United? Yeah, maybe it it inspires me, you know, and uh, uh, that's the only thing. Uh, one more time, uh, we can do in that position. So, yeah, it's nice for us, for me, for the team, because we we wanted to to start well the year, and uh, here we go. And it's been debated a lot, but one more thing on that goal: where, Jim, would you rate it in the pantheon of great Arsenal goals? When you think of some of the corkers, the likes of Henri Bergkamp, etc., have netted. Oh, it's uh, it's in the top ten, isn't it? I mean, I'd, I'd, 
Dennis Bergkamp hat-trick against Leicester obviously was brilliant you think all three of those are probably in there because because you know it was a hat-trick in the same game um, that incredible goal on scored against Man City was one against Man United um, and obviously Bergkamp's goal against Newcastle which is possibly our greatest ever it's, it's tough to say really but I mean I've never seen an Arsenal player score a goal like that so it's, it has to be it simply has to be in, in the in the top five maybe yeah, I've just disagreed with myself though. I think it probably is it's, it's just beautiful it's one of those things that almost transcends sport and it's just this aesthetic work of beauty like the man himself in a way oh bit of a man crush going on there uh, top five then for sure we've decided <laughs> Jim um, so that at that point of course with his own winner as we discussed on the show last week against West Brom that scorpion kick goal during the victory a few days later at that point six points from six over the festive period as Arsenal prepared to go to Bournemouth uh, 3-3 as we well know in the end disastrous first half let's start there I just wonder what went wrong in your view it was a strange half, wasn't it? I think the Arsenal started very brightly, but I think it became apparent pretty quickly that they were a little bit leggy and a little bit tired. Bournemouth had a lot of pace and they had quite a small pitch, and I worried that they would use that to hurt us, and it's exactly what they did. I mean, Hector Bellerin was... was uh, he, well, he got back to uh, he, he got back to... Was it Charlie Daniels who scored the first goal for Bournemouth? I forget. Yeah, but he, he, he got back to his man in time, but Bellerin has such pace that it almost... It, it was like he overran himself and... and and mistimed his tackle and going 1-0 down like that was unfortunate but you know it wasn't the end of the world but then Xhaka again was sort of almost seemed scared by the pace of Bournemouth and, and, and just went in way too quick gave away a silly penalty that absolutely was a penalty and you know if you 2 nil down at that point you've really got to dig in and shut up the game and then just force your way back into it. And Arsenal didn't really do that. There was quite a bit of incoherence to start with. You could see players arguing with each other, and just a little bit of frustration. The passing wasn't quite on. And Bournemouth looked fitter, um, and also just looked a little bit more disciplined. And to go down 3-0 in the second half as well was, was a bit of a nightmare. I wonder if there was maybe a foul on, on Bayerine in the, in the build-up to it, but I guess that's irrelevant because it counted. What then was mightily impressive and positive from Arsenal was their response, wasn't it? Those three goals in the last 20 minutes to get a point in and a change of formation as well as attitude for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, they just just dug in. And when I got that first goal, which was a sort of... Um, a nonchalant diving header, which I think not enough has been made of. That's the sort of player Alexis Sanchez is. He can score a, a diving header and everyone's like, oh yeah, fair enough. Simple, That's a simple chance. And it was, but you know, it's a, it's a diving header. Let's not forget that. That's always brilliant. Um, I think after that happened, Bournemouth looked a little bit rattled. It's, it's one of those strange things in football, isn't it? You see this happen quite a lot. A team races into a lead, sometimes an unexpected one. And then the other team pulls a goal back and just everyone can see what's going to happen. Everyone can see that this is going to happen and it seems like it almost has a life of its own. And obviously, um, Perry has scored a very, very good goal. Again, some great work from Giroud um, to, to really sort of rattle Bournemouth. And at that point, um, at that point, they had the sending off. Uh, and again, I think they, they just lost their heads a little bit because of this fear um, that, you know, they, they were going to lose what they had and, and so it proved to be. I think, you know, had there been another five minutes on the clock, even though we had six minutes, we, we probably would have won that game. It just really... It really looked like it was, it, it was only going to go um, one way. And it, was, it, it is two points dropped. It really is. But 
the fight back was impressive and it just shows the two sides of Arsenal isn't it we just need more of one and less of the other yeah no makes perfect sense so Giroud with another very important goal as we discussed there briefly here's a little reminder Ramsey coming forward central position Bayerin's in space on the right hand side here is Hector Bayerin back for Granite Xhaka Xhaka infield for Ramsey Ramsey short for Monreal, now it's with Alexis on the left-hand side. Angle of the box still has possession. Alexis will curl it back towards Granite Xhaka. Xhaka, 35 yards out. Right-hand side is Bayerin. Six inside the box in yellow shirts. This is Xhaka, chips it inside the penalty area. Giroud swings it out! It goes in! Olivier Giroud again! This time the header. And Giroud makes it 3-3. And there's four minutes remaining. And Arsenal players are being mobbed by the fans. And really... They want to get back and start this game again because there's a potential 4-3 success on the cards. Hopefully, Jim, Arsenal will take a fair bit out of this moving forward. Crucially, OK, it's one point, two dropped, arguably. You could say one saved. They've still got another three very, very winnable Premier League games on the back of the two wins. 16 points out of 18 might still be enough to keep them in the hunt. Absolutely. I think at the moment what we're seeing is the... um, you know the the bigger sides, the, the the top six really are just um, you know they're kind of blitzing everyone. Aside, you know Liverpool dropped points against Sunderland, which they shouldn't have. And obviously we dropped points against Bournemouth. Uh, Liverpool took points off of City, but generally, you know the, the big teams are kind of steamrolling the little ones a little bit. And at some point, that's going to stop. I think that will that will that will level off, and we'll see teams taking taking points off of Spurs and taking points off Liverpool. And Chelsea look unstoppable at the moment, but you know, I think it, who knows? Maybe they'll have a blip as they did earlier in the season, and we'll have a chance to get back in there. I mean, eight points off at the moment, and Chelsea have a game in hand, so it's going to be that's a that's a big you know lead to to, to overhaul, but. You know, all, I mean, all, all Arsenal can do is keep going. One thing that's been impressive with us that maybe sort of gets overlooked is, yes, we have these have these moments in a season, generally every season, where we have this nightmare period where we drop a lot of points. But then, you know, they dust themselves off and they go on a big run where they win a lot of games and, and they're unbeaten for a long time. And the most crucial thing we need to do really is just um, is do that quicker. You know, it's just make these blips shorter. And, the, you know, the most important thing we can do is just, is just win the next game and just fly into another run. One person I wanted to mention was Lucas Perez. Very, very good second goal. Beautifully taken and fit. Obviously a good option on the left, maybe, of the attacking three behind the front man. And uh, just an indicator of someone that might have a fair bit to give in the second half of the season. Absolutely. We're not seeing a huge amount of him so far, but I have been very impressed with what we have seen because he seems very, very clinical. Um, and that is something that you know perhaps we've lacked in the past. And he should be sharp as well as everyone else is coming into a bit of fatigue from such a busy festive period. Um, I, I would like to see uh, Perez get more of a chance. But also, I'd quite like to see him down the middle because, like I say, his finishing is really, really sharp. And he's got Erdogan behind him and a fit Theo Walcott um, out wide of him. You know, it might be a chance to rest Sanchez, or it might be a chance to sort of shuffle things around and have Sanchez out on the left. And yeah, I, he's a strange character at the moment because we've all seen so little of him but we've we've seen him score quite a few goals and it's it's um it's a nice option to have once Danny Welbeck comes back as well um you know we're going to have some real options there and yeah, I mean, having that depth off the bench is something that you absolutely have to have in the modern Premier League. It's just about utilising that depth and flexibility to the best of its absolutely. potential, isn't it? Absolutely. Let's just quickly hear from Arsene Wenger, the boss's reflections on what was a crazy night at the Vitality. 
it was a physical test. Uh, we had some problems to get off the blocks when it was very difficult for us to, to start the game. They started much uh, quicker, faster. And uh, after that, I think uh, uh, we, 20 minutes ago, we were 3-0 down. So, so it was as well a mental test. And uh, I think uh, we refused to lose the game and gave absolutely everything. And, uh, Apart from the first 20 minutes, I think we were always in the game. There were always dangers as well on counter-attacks because you had to throw everything in there. And in the end, uh, it's a draw. Uh, in terms of our ambitions, we dropped two points. and uh, uh, But we have to do better uh, in the other games and hope that uh, the other teams who come here will drop points here as well. I think uh, it was not the result we wished before the game, but uh, 3-0 down, you would have signed for 3-3, you know. So, of course, uh, we dropped two points today, but against a good side, uh, we had a very dynamic game tonight. And I think as well, uh, we were not really lucky uh, in some decisions tonight. Arsene Wenger, I'll just finish with... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance as america's number one finance destination yahoo finance has everything you need whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market join the millions of investors who trust yahoo finance to guide them on their financial journey for comprehensive financial news and analysis visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination yahoofinance.com one more thought Jim football wise on that man we've seen a lot of other managers be very flexible with their tactics three at the back is very popular with some clubs Chelsea included which they switched to midway through their Arsenal defeat all of those weeks and months ago and boy has that served them well do you think there's more scope for a bit of tactical flexibility from Arsenal at times and from Wenger I think um, it's just in general, you know, that sort of game management is, is crucial in, in the Premier League at the moment, isn't it? We've seen sometimes, um, you know, teams, they set up in a certain way to blunt us and we need different ways around that. And, it, you know, the Palace game was a good example of that where, you know, it, it was almost, you know, we just had to force that. We just had to absolutely just 
force that game to be a win. And sometimes we don't manage that because teams will set up. Um, I mean, if you looked at the tactics West Brom employed, it was, you know, it's, um, I think it was actually maybe Giroud who said it was, you know, six players in defence, four in midfield, just an absolute minefield to get through. And we do need ways of sort of drawing those teams out and being a bit more flexible. And, you know, even if you use three different sets of tactics in a game to confuse your opponent, you know, Arsenal are a top-class team. You know, they're a team that are in the Champions League every year. They're a team that have ambitions to win the title. And that is tough, but that is, that's the level that other teams are at. I and mean, it's something that we need to, to also be able to do. And I think, you know, sometimes Wenger, Wenger obviously has a lot in his locker. He knows what he's doing. But, um, it, yeah, I mean, the Bournemouth game is a great example, just switching it up a little bit to, to, to get something out of it. I think, yeah, we, absolutely we need more of it because we need to turn... Um, more draws into wins and, 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 and compete more against the bigger teams and perhaps that's a way to do that. Jim, as we let you go, just tell us a little bit more about the Football Ramble. So, yeah, the Football Ramble, you can find at thefootballrealm.com. It's, uh, it's a podcast that is generally about football and, and the love of it and how wonderful and, and daft and infuriating and guiling it is. Uh, we've been doing it for, it would be 10 years in April, which is uh, absolutely Absolutely mad, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And so, yeah, go over to thefootballramble.com if you want to check that out. We also released a book in October, which is simply called The Football Ramble, and you can find that uh, on Amazon, in Waterstones, and uh, audible.co.uk. Jim, appreciate your time, and thank you very much indeed for coming on to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Enjoyed it. German international Jens Lehmann was in goal for the Gunners' invincible season. He's been speaking to Arsenal.com about the club's current crop of keepers and the importance of the man between the sticks. Jens, you were at Arsenal when Petr Cech first arrived in England. Can you remember your first impressions of him? He had a big impact at Chelsea pretty quickly, didn't he? Yes, um, fortunately not too big because when he came, we won the championship. But in the years after, he was a young guy, I think he was 23 or 24, I don't know. Um, you could see what a great goalkeeper he was. And uh, year by year, he's improved. And probably thanks to Chelsea, uh, they've picked him. They haven't picked him. Mourinho hasn't picked him anymore. He knew that he had a couple of great years inside him. That's why he came to Arsenal. And um, since then, I think he's doing a fantastic job. I rate him. I always rate him as uh, one of the biggest goalkeepers ever and um, yeah it's it's good to see that this season he's probably uh, doing even better than last season and i hope that he will help the team to win something this season to win the championship now probably he converted uh, into an arsenal player because i know from my own experience when you've played for a big rival for so many years it's a little bit different or difficult to say uh, to cross uh, to, to, to cross a river or to you know go to the other side of the fence yeah, where the grass is probably a little bit greener or less you'll find out yourself but in terms of your attitude and your passion and love probably which he felt for Chelsea it's not that easy and Petr Cech and David Ospina, they've got two very good goalkeepers now at Arsenal. There's fierce competition for the goalkeeper slot. How beneficial will that be to both of them to have that competition and drive? I think competition is very important because it keeps you on your toes and uh, brings the best out of you. 
and you need to come in every day and you know that there's another guy who like to have your job and um, that moves you and uh, for example that actually um, the guy who wins that battle um, is always getting better and better because he's more capable to cope with the pressure and as a young keeper that's the only problem you have when there's a, another old experienced keeper in front of you it's hard to beat him. And many teams now rotate goalkeepers during the, the league and then in the cup and so on. What's your thoughts on that? Is that something that you like? Something that, that... I always like to play as many games as possible, but um, yeah, as a coach, you have to you have to consider the fact that if you want to have another good goalkeeper, you can't always have him on the bench. So you need to give him some satisfaction for his daily work. And um, that's why you have to play him. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George who can hit him. Oh, a great goal! It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! Back on the 2nd of January 1993, Ian Wright scored his fourth Arsenal hat-trick. It was in a 3-1 win over Yeovil Town in the FA Cup third round. Bold with a good flick, and Ian Wright scores in the 25th minute. Oh, he's in trouble, it's Wright who's looked to chip Coles and he's done it brilliantly. And in stubbish time, Arsenal's grip now much more solid. And Ian Wright, who has a real track record, of course, in the FA Cup in his time with Crystal Palace, those two goals in the final, of course, against Manchester United. Two goals here, the second one a classic. Wallace, oh, and Wright has his hat-trick. Wright, you would go on to score 30 goals in the 1992-93 season, including the opener in the FA Cup final and the final replay against Sheffield Wednesday. That is, the Gunners went on to lift the famous trophy at Wembley. We'll have another history lesson next week, but now time to look ahead to this season's third-round tie against Preston North End with our very own Adrian Clark. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Joining us at the Chalkboard is the brilliant Adrian Clark. Clarky, how's it going, my friend? Hello, Russ. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm just trying to gather myself together after that crazy old game at the Vitality Stadium. I don't quite know how to feel about it, but... Um, yeah, it was a decent point in the end. Yeah, let's just take it at that, as we were saying earlier in the show with Jim, and, and move on. And we move on to the FA Cup, Preston North End. But before we do that, question on the chalkboard for us. Uh, what is your favourite memory of playing in the FA Cup? Well, to be perfectly honest, I didn't have a lot of luck in the FA Cup. Um, a few few bad memories, to be, to be perfectly honest. Um, I did play against Sheffield United um, for Arsenal, and I played quite well. It, it was a one-all draw, but I should have scored a couple of goals. It was I think the keeper made a good save, and I missed I missed a good chance, and we ended up losing the replay. I didn't play in that. Well, I came on right at the death, so that was that wasn't so good. Um, I do remember playing for Southend uh, in one of the early rounds, non-league away to Woking, and I'll never forget it. It was, it was jam-packed. Uh, I don't know how many was in the stadium, 6,000, but it was real good atmosphere and um, it was blood and thunder game. We nicked it in extra time, um, I think, by two goals. It was, a real, it was just a wicked FA Cup tie. But, but yeah, in terms of, of happy memories, I don't have that many. 
from playing. I got knocked out a few too many times by teams we shouldn't have been knocked out by. Oh dear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's then move swiftly on and it's Arsenal's first taste of the FA Cup this year. Broadly, how do you expect Arsene Wenger to treat it? Seriously, because it's a competition that Arsenal traditionally do very well in and I think that he's learned the, the art of rotation in the FA Cup actually pretty pretty well in recent years en route to those two finals that Arsenal won I think he, he mixed and matched his teams excellently in previous years I think maybe he went too weak and too young at times but he's got the blend right in recent campaigns and hopefully he'll get it right with his team selection at, at Preston because I, I think this is a tricky tie for Arsenal it's one I think that the fans would have thought okay that's pretty comfortable we'll go through to the next round but it's not a gimme the championship side, pretty solid. And um, deep down, from personal experience, I've played there a few times. Not an easy place to go. OK, we'll come on to North End in a moment. Just from Arsenal's point of view, you think of maybe an Espina or Martinez in goal quandary. Are the fringe players, young players, players coming back from injury? What would be one or two of the selections either you would do or you think Wenger might go with? Yeah, I, well, I hope David Ospina gets a game. I think he, he warrants uh, running the FA Cup team been superb in the Champions League um, I think he'll come in um, Lucas Perez has to play in this game I think on the back of his, his performance as a sub down at Bournemouth Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain needs a game so does that Aaron Ramsey um, but we're a little bit short of bodies aren't we in central midfield so with that in mind I'm wondering if well Granit Xhaka might have to play uh, actually Aaron Ramsey might play as central midfield perhaps with one of the younger players um, it, this could be an occasion where Ainsley Maitland-Niles gets a run out. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that. Uh, maybe at right back, Carl Jenkinson will come back in. Rob Holding, I think, deserves a shout. So, yeah, it's going to be a mix and match side. Um, but, yeah, whoever Wenger puts out, if the attitude is right, Arsenal should win the game. So tell me a little bit more then about Preston. I've been working diligently finding out a few <laughs> details for us. Uh, Simon Grayson, very accomplished boss, as we know, for many years at some good clubs and some good players as well. Tell us a bit more. Yeah, I watch them every week. Of course I do, Russ. I know, I know. <laughs> Ever since that draw was made, you've been diligently beavering away. I've been scouting them. Yeah, look, they're, they're a solid team. Quite stubborn, uh, if truth be told, um, under the manager Grayson. He... They like to keep it fairly tight. They're not what you'd call an expansive side. Um, he often goes with five at the back. Sometimes it's four. So in terms of how they'll line up, it's it's potluck, really. I don't think Arsene Wenger will be able to second-guess it. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're quite defensive. Very strong in the air. They um, have scored, I think, 10 goals from set pieces. They're the second-best team in the championship when it comes to winning headers at both ends of the pitch. So... Also going to have to have their wits about them in both boxes in this one. Um, so, yeah, they're that type of side. Um, got got a number of dangerous players, as, as as all teams have. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Any particular players that you would like to single out? Well, um, Callum Robinson is a decent, decent player. He plays on the left side of the attack. So, if he comes up against Bergerin or Jenkinson, I think that could be a really interesting battleground. Um, he's lively he's only 21 but he's their top scorer so far this season so so he's definitely somebody to watch out for in terms of they're probably their best all-round player you're looking at Ben Pearson 
former Manchester United youngster, um, central midfielder, all action. Bit, I guess a bit like an Aaron Ramsey. He'll get stuck in, but he'll also break forward, try and make things happen. So he's exceptionally important to them. And at the back, the captain, Tom Clark, is a um, bit of a John Terry type. So um, he'll, he'll be the leader of that team. So look, I think I think they are not a poor championship team by, by any stretch of the imagination. I think um, if Arsenal don't start with the right mindset, this will be a really hard game for them. OK, so two quick traditional ones to finish. What is your key head-to-head battleground? Oh, that's, that's an interesting one. I'm going to go with, with Tom Clark, the captain of Preston, the centre-half, against Lucas Perez, because I do expect Perez to lead the line in this one. Um, great opportunity for him to, to continue to build his reputation. So, so that battleground is going to be really important. Perez will have him for pace, I'm pretty sure of that. But Clark is a is a ballsy kind of player. He'll put his body on the line, and I think he'll try and rough up Lucas Perez. So um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for those two. And how, in a sentence, Adrian, do you beat Preston North End? I think it's quite simple, and it's I could be saying this about many FA Cup ties. I think for Arsenal to beat Preston North End, they have to win the battle. They have to compete physically early on. And it's an old cliche, but earn the right to play. It's, it's not rocket science. They're going to have to fight fire with fire early on, keep their wits about them, and then I think in the second half we'll see things open up. And of course, from next week's edition, the return of our very, very tense and very hard-fought and very important <laughs> prediction competition. And uh, uh, remind, wait, remind everyone, who's led almost all year and who is now actually ahead? Oh, well, I've had a wonderful Christmas. Just put it that way. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to resume uh, resume my rivalry with us. And, uh, and look, look, I'm just looking to kick on. Now that we're in the business end of the season, I'm just looking to to kick on and um, yeah, just leave you in my slipstream. Well, producer Liam Roberts will be back with us next week with his latest tantalising question. And where can we catch you next, then, Clarky? <laughs> I'll be back on the Matchday Show uh, for the Preston game. And five o'clock, we're on air UK time. that's full time on this week's show our thanks to Jens Lehmann to Jim Campbell and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today remember you can subscribe on iTunes leaving us a five star review in the process you can find us on Acast these days as well you'll never have the excuse to miss another episode we're back on Monday the 9th of January and until then it's bye for now and come on you guts The Arsenal Weekly Podcast Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.